Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. It is a soggy, soggy Tuesday. A uh, lot of traffic out there. Please drive with care. Walk with care. Be aware of people on their bikes and in their cars. And uh, and be aware of the people. Mostly, you know, watch over the pedestrians. Uh, they have the right of way in every situation. Uh, I know the trains are full. Everything is just crowded. Everyone's soggy and a little bit angry. So let's have a uh, wonderful hour of conversation. I uh, want to thank so many folks that came out last night in honor of uh, our dear friend Tom Carmick. Uh, last night we were at the Old Plank, and we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, an exchange that occurred during that event. And uh, we're going we're gonna to be joined by comedian Graham Elwood in just a few moments. But first, we're going to start off with our sponsor of Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez, our very own Kirk Bankstead, who's in Evanston. Monaco Brewery is doing a tasting today. How's it going in Evanston, Kirk? Hey, Patty. How you doing? Thanks, uh, for, uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I miss your face, my friend. <laughs> I miss your face, too. I wish you could be uh, in Evanston uh, tonight, but I know that you've, uh, you've had to focus on some... You know, the loss of your dear friend, and so uh, I apologize, and I'm really sad that uh, this happened over the last week for you. But I, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I hate the corny, like happy that it happened, you know, celebrate that it happened. But truly, it was such a random exchange that we became friends, and he had such a tremendous impact on my life, on so many others, and the state of Illinois, the, our judicial uh, system. He worked with so many great candidates, uh, and including, I know, some folks in, in Evanston. So, how, where are you in Evanston right now? We are at Beer on Central, which is uh, on it's, it's it's on Central Street or Avenue or whatever street is in uh, Evanston, and they were one of my first uh, retail uh, customers when I came here with uh, with your friend and mine, Jerry, and we tried to hustle to find people to buy my beer. And obviously, Evanston and, and Oak Park, where I was last night, are some of the more progressive places in Chicago. So. Uh, while I was here on business, I decided to do some tastings in the two stores that kind of gave me a shot in the beginning. That's so cool. So uh, so this started just now, right? Five o'clock to seven o'clock. So folks have time yeah. to get yeah. there. Absolutely. And we're already this guy already walked in with a uh, with one of my shirts that didn't sell very well. So I couldn't oh. believe I saw it. But it's, it's called Craft Beer versus Ron Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he unzipped his jacket, and I was like, yeah, you're the man. <laughs> that's fantastic. And you do have such a tremendous following online. You guys, it's a great community of people going back and forth, and once in a while, a jerk face will jump in there, and I was going to use a different word, see how I self-edit. Uh, we'll jump in and you know antagonize, it. and, and uh, Kirk does not hold back. You and I, we're on the same wavelength, right? There's no time. There's no time to be pleasant with j- jerk faces. Well, you, you wouldn't believe what happened yesterday, this a jerk face chimed in, and it was so so horrendous that I screenshotted it and I posted it. And he was from Wausau, Wisconsin. And I said, "Guys, uh, you know this guy. This guy spewed out a lot of hate. So how about we raise money and put up a sign that he hate that he. The reason he spewed the hate was because I put up a sign that said, "Choose reason over treason. Vote blue on November 8th. And uh, he apparently was apoplectic about that. And so. Uh, so we raised 2000 bucks in about two hours to put up a sign in his city 
to uh, thank him for being so hateful. So, uh, you know, we, turned, we, made a, we made some lemonade out of lemons on that one. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I do love the billboards. I love, I mean, and it just, and I love it. You can just see them in their cars, like gripping their steering wheel until their knuckles turn white, just their neck just filling with all the, like, the muscles and the neck bands. You know, they're texting while they're typing on your page and they're driving. Yeah, it's insane. I love it. Well, the goal is not necessarily to make the no. Trump world mad. The goal is to try to get people to understand that there is uh, there is another way. Even if you're a conservative, you don't have to adhere to your party. Your party has left you. It's now a cult of personality. It's no longer the Republican Party. Uh, just this once, we're asking people in Wisconsin to vote blue, even if you don't agree with some of the policies, just because democracy is way above you know, any particular public policy uh, decision that we can make. And so we're trying to save democracy. And that's why we're asking conservatives just this once to to cross the line. Well, you know, you bring up a great point, which is the words choose reason over treason shouldn't set somebody off unless they are treasonous. Like that's that's where you're mad. Yeah. 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 Choose reason over treason is the most normal. I mean, we shouldn't that those four words should never even have to be put together in uh, in the United States of America. But uh, we felt the need to. And the four words say just about everything. Uh, You can choose reason over treason. And all all you got to do is watch something other than Fox News or some crazy or, or OAR or whatever those are. If you watch anything else that you'll find reason and uh, that reason it should make you you know understand how important uh the election will be in a couple of weeks awesome and you've got a new beer don't you what are we tasting over oh, yeah. yeah so we're uh we're serving extinct elephant a moderate red ale <laughs> <laughs> and uh the you want me to read you the back of the can because yes, it's pretty yes, it's pretty uh, poignant here okay so so we made Extinct elephant as a tribute to the historic and respectable Republican Party, which has now been poisoned from within by an anti-intellectual, anti-science, racist, homophobic, anti-democratic cult of personality. We hope that this great tasting moderate red ale helps inspire respectable conservative voters to revive the near extinct GOP. Nice. Now, I actually have an advertising friend in Chicago who says, Kirk, you couldn't have written more a worse back of your can to sell beer. He's like, that's about as polarizing as it gets. And I was like, well, we're uh, we're in those times. And I, I think uh, the people that buy my beer uh, will love it. But, yes, it probably is not going to make the mainstream <laughs> anytime soon. I do love how people react to your beers and your seltzers. You know, uh, folks, whenever I, I uh, talk to them, about, especially the choice seltzers, the, those those go down. So, I mean, it's just like it's just a, it's just a soda, you know, it's, it's yeah, a little bit of a buzz. True. They're both tasty. I, per, I do prefer the grapefruit i think you have a nice you have a nice mix right there uh what's doing well at the, what, what did well at the tasting last night in oak park um the aoc ipa because chicago hasn't had it for like two months so people that uh you know that kind of follow the, my facebook page and buy my beer on a regular basis showed up and it was like it's kind of like talking to old friends even though i haven't met any of them because you know we always interact on facebook but we never meet in person so uh, they all wanted the aoc because they haven't been able to get it for a while and it's a good 
IPAs are, you know, that's what craft beer fans love, uh, the hops and the, the citrus and all that. So that, that was going yesterday. But the extinct elephant, everyone wants to have a little sip because it's, it's about as fresh as it gets right now. Outstanding. Again, uh, Kirk Banks and Jerry Walski are doing a taste testing for Monaco Brewery at Beer on Central. It's 1930 Central Street. And uh, it'll be there till 7 o'clock. So stop by, grab a tasting, say hi to Kirk and Jerry. And I uh, love hearing your voice. When, let me know when you can come back in studio sometime. Will do. Thanks Excellent. so much, Patty. No, thank you. All this is possible because of you, uh, and I know that so much of this is also Jerry, and so thank you both. Uh, thank you, thank you. Enjoy. Say hi to everybody in Evanston for me, except for the mayor. That's fine. Okay. This is fine. <laughs> Sounds good. I, he, I, I don't know anything about the mayor. That's a story <laughs> for another time, I think. He's a, he's a progressive. He's definitely a hardcore progressive who makes uh, some interesting choices and conversations. Anyway, uh, for another time. <laughs> you know how I am. I'll talk to you later. I do. I got an axe. Right, I got an axe and I got a grind. Talk to you later. <laughs> Biker. Right. Let's take a break here. We'll be joined by comedian Graham Elwood. In just a moment, he'll be performing this weekend. Let's find out where he's going to be. And again, thank you to Monaco Brewing for sponsoring this show. More after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. Don't, don't get so, too soggy. I mean, a little soggy is fine. It's, it's kind of nice. It's, it's warm up. Oh, I'm babbling. Mind over matters. Dr. Amy Harris. Nuan, as you know, this show is about challenging you to think differently, to make different choices in your life, to take action, to create positive outcomes in your life. So I want to challenge you to look at your life holistically. To where am I satisfied? What areas uh, need attention? And then go to work, take an action what you need to do. Mind over matters with Dr. Amy Harris Nuan. Sundays at 10 a.m. on WCPT 820. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Just for you. Sing with me, just like Jesus would do. And vote! Gosh darn it! Oh, gosh darn Please it. vote! Gosh darn it! Oh, gosh darn it's it. the American thing to vote! Gosh oh, darn it! Gosh darn it! See that you vote! Gosh darn it! Ah. Vote! Steve Goody. Uh, you can go to stevegoody.com to pick up some of his music while he, he exits swearing about voting. Joining me in the studio is Graham Elwood. Comedian Graham Elwood will be at Zany's on Wells tomorrow for one and only recording his special. Let me make sure I have the right microphone. Hello. Try the, t- Hello. Uh, that's not the one. <laughs> it's so funny. Like Every single time. Every single time I choose wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. For years now, it's been the same way. No matter what studio I'm in. Welcome. Hey, good to see you. Uh, so you took the train. Which uh, We're on the Metro. We're on the Blue Line. A little bit of, little bit of Blue line, a little yeah. bit of first, yeah. Oh, all. yeah, from Old Town. So, yeah, staying yeah. in Old Town, so I had to go brown line to blue, and then <laughs> and then I'm up, and then the rain, and then the craziness, but... There's no angled train. They're only, you know what I mean, like, once right. you're outside the loop, there isn't, like, one that goes northwest to get to us. You know no, what I mean? 
yeah, it's it's very. It, I mean, Blue Line kind of kind of does. Yeah. And you know, my app thing was saying, well, you could take the Metra, and I was like, well, now we're getting into a hole. <laughs> this is now. Well, the problem with the Metra at Clybourne is that there's three platforms, so you have to be in the right place at the right time, so that otherwise, you're like, there's a tunnel and other stairs to get to the other platform if it's not. Yeah, I was trying to figure that. I was like, oh, I just need to get on the Blue Line. Blue Line, I know. Yes. I don't even think I ever took the Metra when I lived here, so I wouldn't even know. Yeah, it's not for me. It's a it's a workers in you know downtown kind of a train, and I don't even know where some of them go. But yeah, I ended up in Evanston because I tried catching the Metro at Clyborn. <laughs> I was like, this is this is not it's, the graffiti's different. It, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a whole secret club. They're yes. just they know where the tracks are. There's, there's, there's no signs. They just know where they're going. I'm like, I'm out of here. I can't do this. So you just came back recently from Germany. I was yeah, I was through Europe. I did shows in uh, Stockholm, Berlin, and London. And then just did a little vacation stuff, you know. It was it was doing my podcast, Government Secrets with Lee Camp, which Germany was. I hadn't been to Germany since we lived there as a kid, and, and so we lived in Munich because my father had a a uh, Fulbright. He was a college professor. He had a PhD in German theater history, which is a blast when you're a kid. It is so fun. I mean, learning about Goethe and Bertolt Brecht. Those sure. guys, those guys yeah. are all, those guys are hilarious, <laughs> Patty. Um, <laughs> How is that bring your dad to school day? My dad's a firefighter. My dad, you know, my dad was a cab driver, but whatever. Yeah, my dad's <laughs> teaching me about German existentialism, like a, the- as one should <laughs> learn about existentialism. I feel like I think we're, we're all in an existential crisis right now, aren't we? A little sure. bit. Sure. Yeah. So it may, it, it, years later, it's actually panning out. Um, so it was, uh, yeah. So being back there, so the last time we visited Berlin, I was a kid and the wall was up. Oh, what? And so I went to Checkpoint Charlie. There's a museum. And it was it was amazing. The comedy club we did, uh, which I think is, is called Cosmic Comedy Berlin, is literally in formerly East Berlin. How weird is that? And I was like, I mean, I, my, my father's no longer alive, but if he would have been alive to know I was performing in East Berlin. I mean, he was a, th- a German theater scholar. He would have been like, this is amazing that my son is telling dirty jokes in a club in East Berlin. <laughs> What so uh, you know? People ask me because I've, I've performed in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Well, how do they understand?" Like the only thing that didn't translate. I mean, everything translated. They were like, "You can be as dirty." Like as you know, in Europe, mm-hmm. they're a little more like, yeah, "Yeah, everything goes." Only when I talk about a pap smear, they were like, "We don't talk about such things." <laughs> that was, was the, like, that's what you crossed the line. I was like, I mean, like the whole audience. I was like, you know, stirrups, and they're like, well, "Yeah." I was <laughs> no, I was like, it was fine. It ended up it's, being fine. It was so interesting to see. So we did the Stockholm was our first. Show we actually did we did some stand up sets at this club um, in Stockholm and that was the night we did stand up was more of an expat crowd yes so it's bigger louder laughs when we did the podcast it was like Swedish people who were wait who listened to our podcast how great is that there's a bunch of people in Europe that love uh, government conspiracy podcasts it turns out so <laughs> they I were could, I could see that they, yeah they and. They were a little more reserved, just sort of Scandinavian, like, hmm, that's funny. That's, that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's how Canada is. Yeah. Have you performed in Canada? Yeah. They, like, it would be quiet the whole show. You leave and they're like, you were, you were hysterical. You were amazing. Yeah, I don't think that this, you gave any indication of that. At all. Minutes. Not even, no. Not even close. I'm sweating bullets. Like, I'm talking faster. I'm slinging everything I can. I'm dirty. I'm smart. Yeah. But they, so they enjoyed themselves. They, they loved it. And, and part of it is, you know, while everyone's very fluent in English, there's just certain when it's not your primary language, there's just certain slang and stuff that might be missed. But the shows were great. And then we did Berlin, which was 
so amazing. They were so cool. And then we did London. London was... London was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Where did you perform in London? At the uh, Backyard Comedy Club. Nice. And so that was really cool to do London. And then I, I jumped over to, to Ireland because I've never, my grandfather was from Ireland, so I'd never been to, I went to Dublin. And then came back. And so I've just been on the road the last week oh tuning up for my special that I'm taping tomorrow. So I was in New York, Madison, Waterford, Michigan, and Cincinnati. And Indiana now. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. I mean, so, you know, I, I think about this when I, I don't travel as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people would say, like, you know, I don't do well in Nashville. or I don't do well in Florida. Like, mm-hmm. I never, because I, I mine's all autobiographical. Right. You know what I mean? So there, there's really not that much that people would be upset about. Do you have, like, but my favorite, remember how hot, we talked about this last time, Milwaukee Cafe. Yeah, the comedy cafe. One, that was one of the hottest clubs. And the Skyline and, and, yeah. and Appleton was always great. Those who I've had great. I mean, obviously, doing you know, starting here in Chicago, performing in the Midwest so much. I, I mean, the Midwest crowds I've always said can just rock, and it was really cool to be back and do shows in Madison. So I grew up in Madison. I lived in Madison until I was about eleven, then moved to Chicago, and so I had like people I grew up with, like her, her mom and showed up and her mom was like, you, Graham, you were being, you were being funny when you were six years old, you know, just like, so (laughs) great. It was, it was really cool. And then seeing too, since we talked about a little bit last time, this, this hour that I'm doing tomorrow at Zany's is very much like calling out the whole system, right? It's the the whole two, I'm not a fan of the two party system. And what thing was cool was, so I did Waterford, Michigan, which is a pretty conservative, you know, and they loved it. And when I did Madison, which is pretty liberal, they loved it. I think everyone's kind of like ready yeah. to to we're 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 done with this this thing. And so that was the thing that was so cool for me because when I first started, and, you, and this was what it was like in the '90s, a lot of the club owners were like, ah, "Don't be too political." Sure. You know, you'll divide the room. Now it doesn't even matter if we're political. People hear what they want to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a, this guy came at me yelling because I, I was just talking about the fires in California and they use uh-huh. goats to sit on the fires. And I was like, oh, remember when Trump said we should just rake the bottom of the forest? And this guy, like, well, why don't you do jokes about Biden? I'm like, I didn't even do a joke. I, he actually said, just yeah. rake the forest. <laughs> like, why are you angry? It's so funny. That's why I've made such a point of making jokes about Biden, about Trump, about the Democrats, about the Republicans, like evenly. So nobody can get, and I make that very clear because I'll like whoever I do first, there's always someone in the crowd kind of, I'll hear like, Oh, I go, don't worry. We're going to get to the other side. Just buckle up kids. (laughs) Everyone's getting a pie in the face. Right. (laughs) And it's, it's been cool to see like people are like loving it from different walks of life and backgrounds. And I'm, uh, I feel very excited. I haven't put this much time. You know, I've done two albums, but I've never done a full special. And to really, you know, tie them together, find the themes and the transitions and get the wording really where I want it. it but it, and yet still keeping it conversational. Right. It's a, It's been a really cool, it's been a really cool process. And then, you know, to, to be like at the Louvre, and then, you know, at a truck stop somewhere in Indiana. You know, to see the differences of... <laughs> <laughs> what do you prefer, Cracker Barrel or Waffle Houses? I, I mean, the pancakes at, at the uh, Cracker Barrel, I think, are amazing. Cracker, Cracker Barrel is the Louvre of uh, diners. <laughs> I mean, well, let's, we're going to be honest here. What, uh, what made you choose uh, Zany's as your location to film your special tomorrow night? It was one of the clubs I started at. Okay. And it's been around... The downtown Zany's has been around forever... And I wanted to like an intimate setting. Yeah. It's, it's a, such an intimate room. And Zany's has always been good to me. And, you know, I remember seeing 
uh, like political comics there when I first was emceeing there in the early 90s. Tim Slagle um, and um, I'm trying to think a couple other acts. And I was like, wow, we can. I remember also, too, I saw him at the Funny Firm, which is no longer there. But I saw Bill Hicks <sighs> in 93 or 94. And I was like. Wow. I remember being in the... That was the guy. That was, that was the, guy. the guy. That was the And guy. I remember being in the back of the funny firm, just like a couple of those comics, like yeah. like jaws on the floor. Like, you can say that? You can say that. And yeah. he... And he didn't care if he walked a room. No, didn't. Yeah. He, Pick up the gun. I just came into town for some gingham, mister. Pick up the gun. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> My husband, like, he binge watched uh, Bill Hicks when I, we started dating to kind of get what I, I, I... Because I never could really do political humor. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't... I don't have... I was never... Will Durst was one of my favorites. Yes, he's a, that, was a, that was the name I was trying to come yes. up with, too. I opened for Will Durst yes. at, at, at Zany's. And I, so I was really... That's why I wanted to come back and do it here, because yeah. I, saw, I saw Hicks here. I opened for Durst and Slagle, and I was like, I really... You know, and, and I, I love the city of Chicago. It's a great comedy town. And I wanted to sort of feature what that club is. It's so you would never make a club like the downtown Zanies ever like that long, narrow, you would never make a club like that, but there's just something about that club that I just love. It's Cause it was a strip club first. Yeah. Like you would never, like, yeah. there are many strip clubs you're going to turn into a comedy club anymore. Even though a lot of comics have stories about performing at strip clubs. Yeah. Rick was just like, ask ah, her it. Let's just, let's just <laughs> let's take out the pole, put in a microphone. I, so the first time I was on that stage, so I did a guest. I remember what I was wearing. I was wearing, I was wearing a little vest with Sylvester, the cat on it. <laughs> Had a little velvet front and a white satin back and black slacks. Anyway, so I was I stepped forward and like I thought there was like a like a it was like another room to it or something. Like I didn't because there was a mirror. Yeah. right there. He they left the mirrors that were there for the strippers. I was like, oh, oh that's me. It was very. <laughs> just remember that was my audition at Zany's. Uh, it is an amazing room. You've got the glassware in the back. You can hear the the bartender slinging drinks and stuff. Yeah, it's and, great. And the fact that Zany's is like putting cameras in their clubs now and they really you know, are, are wanting to shoot more stuff there. They put in these five K or four K cameras, five, four K cameras. And I'm like, that we're going to bringing in a slider. So it's just going to bring this kind of cool, intimate setting in the city that I basically started doing stand up in, in a club where, you know, my headshot is on the wall there when I was 22. So yeah, mine's 20. I was 23. Yeah. We were, ba- so we were babies. Babies. So thankfully, it's just from it's just waist up, so you don't see my acid wash jeans. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm like there's two of me. There used to be three. I don't know if they still have the one where I'm like crouching down. Like I had cowboy boots, jeans, and a jean vest. See, the thing was, I had to wear vests because I was a little little curvy. Uh, I remember Owen Smith one time said, uh, I, "I came into the green room. I took off my vest, and he goes, oh." Damn, Vasquez! No wonder you wear a cape over those things. <laughs> it's like, yeah, comedy's been fun. Uh, we're hanging out with uh, with Graham Elwood. Let folks know. Well, first of all, the show's tomorrow. I'm guessing at eight o'clock. Eight on o'clock. Wells. Eight o'clock at Zanies on Wells. You can go to zanies.com for tickets. There's still tickets available. They're starting to move, and it's a teeny little venue. So come out. It's a great show. My friend Brett Walco, who I've known for years, who did a lot of audience warm up yeah. in L.A. He's going to be setting the table. So you're going to nice. potentially be on TV. Um, because uh, a lot of a lot of the streaming services are interested in it. Netflix is this a lot. They're, they're ah, all looking for awesome. stuff. Yeah. So come out. Um, you know, it's a it's and and I know people are like oh, it's the middle of the week. So it'll be done at nine thirty. Yep. It's on a school night. You mm-hmm. don't have to get too tanked up. You know what I mean? I don't want you to have you know like you won't be hungover for work. No, nope. it's fun. We'll laugh. We'll make fun of the whole system. Order we'll, a Perrier. Order a Perrier. We'll talk about <laughs> how you know I like watching documentaries about. 
cults. It's going to be fun stuff. <laughs> Speaking of which, we should talk about how I was Mormon when I was a kid. Let's take a break here. True story. I think I mentioned that last time. Graham Elwood joins me in the studio tomorrow at Zanies at 8 o'clock. Go to zanies.com for showtime and tickets, uh, and you'll see the calendar. So click on Graham's face. It'll say, Graham, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock show. And I'll take a break here. I got some calls uh, on the line. Uh, I think some local politics, maybe. Uh, and I also have a question for Graham. Actually, Dave. Well, I'm not going to put Dave. I'm not going to rake Dave over the coals. More in a moment on Driving It Home, brought to you by Minocqua Brewing on WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where you can hear the Stephanie Miller Show every weekday, 8 to 11 a.m., because facts matter. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. justice on the Supreme Court. I think Graham Elwood thinks that there's another way to get things done. I, I don't think people are willing, though, Graham, to, uh, like, people just are like, oh, you know, this is what we have. Let's work with what we have. But the people that we have don't even want to work with each other within their own parties, whether it's Democrats or Republicans. I think what I'm starting to see is people are kind of fed up with the two-party system. They're realizing that is the problem. I think. I mean, I, see, I saw a lot of young people. So I have six nieces and nephews. And my oldest niece is 22, 23 years old, right? And she, you know, grew up very sort of blue, liberal in Oregon. And she's now, you know, she was on the streets in Portland for a lot of the protests. She saw the, like, federal cops smash windows and arrest people for it. Now she works in the public defender's office, and she's like, wow, is this, she's, her eyes are waking up. And she is like... You know, when the Roe v. Wade thing happened, she's like, I don't know, we can't get all, why are we all mad at the Republicans? They've been honest. They've told us for 50 years we want to get rid of Roe v. Wade, and the Democrats have done nothing. 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 And so I'm like, yeah, I think when I, unfortunately, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. A lot of Gen Xers still want to, you know, pick this party or vote. I'm noticing, though, the younger people in their 30s and 20s are like, nah, I'm done. Because they've had, think about it. They've, they've. If you're, if you're under the age of forty, we've been at war for your entire life. <laughs> you know, like, true. and 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 then they're seeing, you know, if somebody gets in there, the Democrats, and they, and they don't do anything, and the Republicans get, and nobody doesn't. Everyone, everyone's like, oh, we just got to get rid of this guy. Once we get rid of this guy and get the other guy, then it'll be, well, nothing changes, man. So I don't know. I get excited. Again, the young people, they just have unionized 200 Starbucks across the country. That's amazing. That's like, and they didn't, they just pulled out their phones and went, and literally were like, how to form a union? And they tapped it into their phone. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that, that gives me hope. Because they're not, you know, like this party and that party. They're just like, let's just do it this way. Let's just get it done. So I don't know. I, I, have, I have some hope. Well, and there's people, and I mentioned this to you off the air, that a conversation came up uh, a while ago about uh, universal, basic universal income. And whether we're talking about that or something else, when people say entitlements and things like that, like we really continue to fight against each other, regardless of party, but working class, lower middle class, whatever. And the corporate 
profits, not just por- corporate profits, but the incomes have gone from it used to be, you know, before Kennedy, because the, the t- top tax break mm-hmm. bracket was like, I think they were taxed at 70 percent during FDR was at 90 percent and stuff got done. We were able to go to war. People were able to at one point between the 30s and the 60s, you know, people talk about being able to buy a home and, mm-hmm. you know, do all these different things and only a single income family. And you keep lowering the t- tax bracket on the corporate corporations, on the, the top one percent. And when we fight with each other instead of going, hey, they're taking all of our money. Well, it's, they've done a great job of the, the billionaire class. The ruling elites have done a great job of propagandizing us into defending them and fighting with each other. Yeah. Because the other thing you're talking about, too, that era when, when things were going so well, that was also the highest union membership. Right. Was back then. Yeah. And so it was it was really, uh, you know, and it's amazing to hear people defend these billionaires, I, I hear more people waking up because you can't deny these statistics that are out there. During the pandemic, 100 new billionaires were created. Everybody's seeing the Wall Street get these forgivable loans. And then every, you know, we know clubs that have gone out of business. I know a club in California had $100,000 in back rent. They had to shut their doors. And so Wall Street gets forgivable loans, but mom and pop businesses don't? Like, people are like, wait a minute, man. This is, this is, this ain't right at all. So I feel like, I don't know. I mean, and when, but there, that, that, the infighting thing, oh God, that's so, it, it's, it's so easy to get people stirred up like that. And, and when they start defending the powerful, I'm like, why are you, it's like what George Carlin said, it's a big club and you ate in it. Yeah. <laughs> We got to realize that we're in class warfare. That's what we got to yes. realize. There, we don't need any more billionaires. I don't know how else to say it. No. Because they hoard it. They buy yachts. They want to pass it down. They, they, and it's also a lot of passive income. They put it in accounts, and they could just live off of that for the rest of their lives. But they want to continue to hoard more money. Yeah, and they, and they. I mean, Jeff Bezos' rocket. He used. He got tax dollars for that. The richest guy in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you're mad about some five hundred dollar a month. Universal basic income? Let it go, man. Like, go after the big guy. Yeah. Punch up. Exactly. Let me take a couple of calls. I think you have your, your headphones are good. So let's go with let's go with Jim because he's been on hold the longest. And by the way, the best Chicago accent to ever on my show is Jim in Chicago. Hey, Jim. How are you? A gloomy night in London town. What time I? I got a lot, a lot to think of tonight. Why did they pick? Red and blue, or blue and red. Is that a visual for TV? Oh, I see. What is the origin? What are the origins of those two colors? So you feel like you're on a team, I guess. That's absolutely why. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what the the reason between each. Who's the author? Who's the author? Who's the author of those colors? <laughs> the authors, uh, the rainbow. God, God created the. Uh, I, I think the it was. Light. I, I think it was a sports thing. I think they literally said so. You can be on red team, blue team. They, you know, red, white, and blue. Right. Uh, white doesn't track well on TV. In my mind, in a shooting war, let's say there was a shooting war between the Democrats and Republicans. I would rather wear blue than red. Red is a pretty dangerous color to be walking around in. Thanks, Jim. Well, now I got now I got to now I got to Google it. Let's get the David Hoffman stage. <laughs> Dave, like you were talking about me with universal income, but what do you want to talk about today, Dave? Well, I don't know. I was wondering what you needed to rake me over the coals. I don't about saying that they're that why are we giving undocumented uh, immants uh, a chance to have uh-huh. universal basic income? But we're not going to talk about that again. It's it's the okay, corporation. But I do to, remember you kind of were putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Lazy. I no, no, said lazy. No, Dave, that was, that was the No, I did not. That was the caller after you, and we're not going to throw Mirna uh-huh. under the. <laughs> anyway, okay. Just so you know, I. Mirna's I like, wait a minute, lazy. I'm not on a call. 
Because you didn't really exactly come to my defense and say that I didn't say lazy. So no, 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 you did not. We're clear on that. Yes. Right. Uh, when you guys were talking at first about the, uh, mentioned about the raking of the forest and that, that was when, with Trump, that was when he was in Finland that time. And uh, the Finns, you know, because they had keeping it so clean, the forest so clean, and, not, you know, Trump was talking that they raked it. And then, so some of the Finns picked up on that, and they threw a little shade, and they started showing these pictures of them with vacuum cleaners and that out in the uh, forest and then with brooms and dustpans. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> it's amazing. It clean. But, um, What's uh, on your mind? Mentioned, Lady B, I was mentioning that uh, the um, last week or so when uh, Bailey was, was uh, continuing interrupting Governor Pritzker and, and that the moderator just kept you know, going, oh, why don't they give the moderators the right to have a kill switch? Oh, I agree. I've moderated mayoral uh, forums before, and uh, the worst, I will be honest with you, is Paul Vallis. I was like, dude, you, I can't with this. Uh, but yeah, I did not have any control over people's microphones. For my situation, there were 13 or 14 candidates for mayor of Chicago. Uh, but for that, no, I agree. I think that people would love that. Ah, done. <laughs> that's happened at Zany's. We know that's happened at comedy yes, clubs. Just cut them. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> You got it at the station. Even you got a kill switch if somebody gets a little nasty in that. But uh, yeah, then you, know, you know I use with, it. Uh, when Biden and Trump, remember he finally Biden said, "You know, well, you should shut up, man." <laughs> yeah, people but love that. that. The moderator would have the the pro, you know the power to do that. You know because they know how much you know that the the last question and whatever. And as soon as he gets done, boom, he or she gets done. Pow, you hit the kill switch till the next uh, round of questions come around to yeah. that. But uh, I agree. And lastly, so you can get to others. This morning on Stephanie Miller, she had that segment with Charlie Pierce. And somehow they got into talking, I guess, about with the Bannon. And that he thought this Pierce didn't think it was no big deal that Bannon wasn't cuffed and locked up. You know, the quota. I mean, he said that, well, he's only four months, you know, that he's going and all that. And it wasn't, come on, you know, that, you know, for not abiding by a subpoena. Well, it's, and even one of the moocs, you know, was aghast at that. And then, go well, look at it, you know, because he said he was charged and convicted. Right. And, well, look, last week what they did in Florida with that game that DeSantis played, and they went and arrested and cuffed and put those people in the back of the car because of his so-called voter fraud. Right. That even the cops didn't even know about it. Yeah. I mean, because they're just Joe Blow civilian, you know, common people. They got no problem showing that on TV. You know, pushing her into the car and that, and they had no idea what the, the charges were. Right? Why not? Yeah, they just making stuff up. I'm sure he should have sat there and racked him up and uh, put him in the car. You know? Yep. You know, but All there's right. different strokes for different folks. That's right. <laughs> have and have not. Exactly. All right, listen, you guys, be well. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. What, what's the name of you? Thank you, Dave. What's the name of your podcast again? What are your podcasts? Uh, well, if they go to my YouTube channel, they can watch the Political Vigilante. That's just at youtube.com slash Graham Elwood. And then I also do Government Secrets with Lee Camp. And uh, those those are our shows. And then, yeah, so check that out. Go to GrahamElwood.com for all of my all of my crazy content. Well, here's a, a listener who wants to agree with you on, on something. And I'm sure it's a lot. Hey, Don, would you want to tell Graham? Uh, yeah, you know, I know it's a lot of younger people also. Uh, being disenfranchised with the Democratic Party, especially here in Cook County, uh, you know, I mean, they look at, um, you know, in addition to paying their federal income tax or whatever it is, 20 percent, you know, you have a, almost 11 percent sales tax, you have property tax, you have state income tax of 5 percent. Uh, when you look at all the taxes, the cell phones, gas, everything, 
people are paying about 40 to 45 cents out of every dollar to taxes. And that's, most of these are from the state, the Democratic state of Illinois taxes, not from the federal government. It's not put on us by the rich. It's put on us by our own party, the Democratic Party in Illinois. And I just, I did the math. And if I move 30 minutes into Indiana, I'm going to save about $10,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, just, did you know, also so do the math on the the amount of money we give back as a donor state? Did you also do that math because uh, most blue states tend to be uh, bigger donor states uh, as well, which which uh, it, is, it can really hamstring us when it comes to being able to get uh, resources to uh-huh. Illinois, like places like Florida. Obviously, you, fine, you want to not have an income tax, but also we, the federal government has to keep giving them money every single time there's a hurricane because they don't know they're going to keep building back the same, aren't they, Graham? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I don't think Florida realizes where they're they're at ge- geographically. I mean, California, where I live now, we spend a lot of money supporting other states. I mean, a lot, yeah. you know, and it's just hard. Like these young people, are, and they're also, they got crushing student loan debt, you know, and the, the jobs aren't that great. And, you know, and they're afraid to have kids. I don't, they can't afford a house, you know, and everyone's like, ah, these millennials, these Gen Z. I'm like, oh man, like what, <laughs> they should be fighting back a little more going, uh, we didn't, get, we didn't ask for this. And like, they got a participation medal. Who gave them to them? Yeah. <laughs> like, and. To uh, to Don's point, when it comes to Illinois and our pension system, I mean, Democrats and Republicans have been kicking the can down the road, uh, underfunding, borrowing against it, thinking, well, basically like borrowing on a credit card without reading the fine print mm-hmm. and what it was going to mean later on, which means that we have the crushing debt, whether it's property taxes. But property taxes are how we fund schools, which is another thing nationally that has right. to change. I mean, it's so it's so crazy. And it's always like, how are we going to pay for this? I mean, we've already sent $70 billion to Ukraine. I mean, the, the Congress just increased Biden's war budget to $839 billion. I mean, uh, that nobody ever asks how we're we going to pay for pay that. that. Nobody no, ever asks. Never. No never. one ever goes, oh, how are we going to pay for that? It's just We just keep sending money, bipartisan support. Well, that's, I, I know where there's a lot of money, and it's in a Cayman account somewhere. <laughs> a couple of Let's take a break with Graham Elwood. He's appearing at Zanies tomorrow night. He is recording his special. The show is at 8 o'clock. You can go to zanies.com for ticket information. Just look on that calendar. You see, you'll see Graham's... Happy smiley face, I'm sure. I'll have to see what the picture looks like. Maybe you're angry. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, are you like Slagle with his like Uncle Sam and a, his was it like a gun with a flag coming out of it, yeah, lighting it on like fire or something like that? Let's take a break here. We come back. Uh, we've got Judy on hold from Niles. Uh, she has a comment for you. Let's mm. see what that is. All right, Judy. More in a moment on driving it home, sponsored by Manaqua Brewing. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. We're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Graham, is, uh, Graham Elwood has been traveling all over the world. He's in Chicago now to perform at the Zanies on Wells, 8 o'clock show tomorrow night. Go to zanies.com. You can uh, you can apparently take the, uh, I'm guessing, the blue line to the brown. The brown line's at... You can't know. They don't cross until you're lesser downtown. Yeah, you got to change it. Uh, I think it's like Clark and Lake and then take Brown up to Sedgwick. <laughs> there you go. And then, uh, this is your CTA report with Graham Hellwood. Do you remember when O'Brien's used to own the parking lot next door? And uh, like my, like I had a, I had an 86 Honda Civic when I, used to start, when I started working at Zany's. And uh, one of the uh, guys like hit the, the, the park, he hit the wall basically with my, my car. I my first car when I graduated college in '91 and came back to Chicago to really start. To, I did I did stand up in college, you know, but I came here to do it professionally. And I got my first car was an '86 Yugo. Oh God! I'm not Yugo. making this up. It sounds like a bit, but it's not. It's a, the Yugoslavian car. Yes, three cylinders. Oh my God! It, it, I bought. I paid. It's like 2000. What was it? It was a not even right. It was a 90. 
1986, you go, and it, I paid $750 for it. Oh, my God. How and long that, did it last? Uh, a year. And I put 30,000 <laughs> miles on it. What? And here's the thing. you could The thing I loved about that car, you could park it. It was teeny. I could find a, any spot in the city that no one else could get. I'd be like, that's me. I'm on it. I got every spot. It was a four-speed stick shift. A dog used to live in it. <laughs> oh, my God. And when I'd get on the freeway, I'd be like with a buddy driving to a gig, and I'd be in third gear, and I'd go, getting ready to drop the hammer, and I'd go, nyeh, nyeh, down to the fourth gear. <laughs> What was great about that car was it? I was at Plymouth Horizon. They were like, "Oh, you know, we can make a car like that." Yeah. I did. They were like, oh, "Everyone's buying that Yugo. Let's make something like that." It was, and then I was coming back from a gig, and I was like, overnight, I was coming back in the morning into the city, and I hit traffic, and I was tired, and I and I fell asleep and just kind of I dozed off for a split second, and then and then rear into the person behind me. Their car was fine, and the front of the Yugo crumpled like it looked like I hit a brick wall. And that was it. And that I was, was like, it. I think that's a sign from the heavens saying this car's not safe. You're and, dead. Yeah. That's so funny. I remember when the, that car came out was when Sarah Live did that one with the car made out of clay. Yeah. Like, how, how low are we going to go to have vehicles? That, that was, the Yugo always reminds me of that. I can't remember what the... It was Phil Hartman. God, I loved him. Oh, he was great. He was so funny. Judy and Niles on the line. Hey, Judy, what's on your mind? Hi, Patty. I want to tell Graham, I'm 82, and we've been at war since I was... Just before two. Oh wow! Yeah, it's true. Yeah, just think about it. <laughs> they declared war when I was right before Christmas. Before when I would be two in March. Wow, yep. that's the thing. America has been around for some two hundred and sixty years, and we've been at war for two hundred and forty of it, or something like that. It's insane, and it's like that's why we know, wasn't there some big admiral or something, and he was somewhere. And they were threatening, and then he said, "Don't threaten me. We've been at war our whole existence, and I don't care. I'm going to, you know, blast you out of the water." And I don't, I don't remember who he was, but I always thought, <laughs> <laughs> oh, "That's awful." So You're right. Thing. I know that's true. Uh, we went. We went to a, a. I. I don't know what it's called. Where the boys are. It was. Uh, Bette Midler did the, It is Where the Boys Are. Yes. With James Caan and yes. Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Yeah. That's a great movie. So we, we it, it is, and we had tic- season tickets to that playhouse that's in the round up in the Northwest. And we went, and I the music's great, and I'm sitting there looking at it, and I looked up, and they had pictures all the way around it. And I noticed that they were real. Mm-hmm. And it just... Mm. I, I got sick to my stomach. Mm. I, I can't sit here. How many of those people went to that show, you know, like a USO show, and are gone? You know, were gone right after this, and I couldn't watch the, the yeah. theater yeah. anymore. Oh. I was just yeah. literally sick to my stomach. I I ran out of there. Mm. <laughs> The curtain went down or whatever. They don't have curtains. They walked off. There's and some I movie theaters that used to have that. I feel like the Pickwick used to have it. Yeah, Pickwick used to have the, uh, I, I the remember. The organist that would come out of the yeah. floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, almost everything came out of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Judy. I think that's a mic dropper right there. <laughs> that is. That's where you're ready to close it. Good show closer. Thank you. Thank you. Let me get uh, I got one more call before we wrap up with with, uh, with Graham. Elwood is at Zany's tomorrow night uh, on Wells. The showtime is at 8 o'clock. Go to zanies.com. And what's your website as well? GrahamElwood.com. You can follow my podcast and listen to all this stuff. Excellent. Eduardo, what's on your mind? 
Yeah, Patty Graham. Yeah, thank you for having this conversation. Two topics I love talking about: travel and comedy. I think we got to get you to do the uh, one of these uh, future political debates instead of these news people. I think <laughs> it would be so much more entertaining. I used to like uh, this is old days, but I like uh, Johnny Carson and Mark Russell. Remember Mark Russell? Sure. Used to mm-hmm. do yeah, with the piano. With right? the piano. Yep. Yep. Maybe Graham could do something with the instrument that that'll light <laughs> things up. Even more. Well, when I did when I did the uh, mayoral one, uh, I was having a very stressful day. I'd just come off of being suspended at my former employer. Uh, for various reasons, but I so I didn't know if I had a job up until right before we started the uh, can, the campaign the, uh, the forum. But it was I, I enjoyed doing. it. I don't know if there's any video of me doing it, but there was a point where Paul Vallis said, "If I might take advantage, I'm like, you know, you're not like one of the boys in high school. I'm not having it, you know, like that kind of stuff." It was just sort of, and some people didn't like it, and that's tough. I, that they picked me. Uh, that's go talk to somebody else about it. Don't tell me how to do this. How, how about l- you try to you know wrangle 14 candidates? Oh God, I it would was, love to to moderate up debate because i'd set them straight i'd yeah. be like wait a minute that's not true <laughs> you go. yeah you should what i'm sorry eduardo go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off no i was just gonna say it's good to be spontaneous because you know these people that are doing the uh are more scripted it's so much so better to be spontaneous do you notice that they're putting so many people like I was watching Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson and they were like they were like three people in the room and then somebody else was zooming in from another part of Wisconsin, like all these different things. It's like just one person, maybe but one or two people. But I don't need all these different questions and the different ways of doing it. It just it seemed to tie up a lot of time. Yeah, it's that's a problem. When you have that many candidates, it's too it's too tough or, or question. People yeah, who are asking questions, yeah, all of that. Yeah. You got to really make sure you get the format dialed in. Otherwise, it can just be madness. Yeah. You can just pick a late show on a Friday with a bachelorette party. <laughs> you know, just a chaos. Just somebody's. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for calling, Eduardo. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I'm sure you've seen this video of the girl that had a can thrown at her head. Oh, yeah. And now she's Ariel. on. Yeah, yeah. She, she was on Kimmel, which, you know, it's just insane that people are behaving this way. Though. Uh, well, it's nuts. I mean, uh, you know, I was just did a show in Cincinnati and she's a comic out of Louisville, apparently. And they all knew her. And they're like, yeah, I mean, she's really cool. And that just I mean, it's, it's crazy. You had, you had the Will Smith thing. You're the guy attacked Chappelle. Yeah. Somebody brought a thing, a gun to Dave uh, Craig Robinson's show. Oh, my God. She gets a can thrown at her. Like, just it's comedy, man. Lighten up. Nice move, though, to pick it up and drink the rest of it. That was brilliant. I mean, I don't know that I would have done that. I mean, neither. I would have reacted more with like a... Because I don't know how much it is backwash. Like, it's like, it's so <laughs> I'm a germaphobe. I would have done it. I would have done it. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, so you have... Uh, so uh, We'll talk some other time about my, my Mormonism. I'll tell you. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, cult documentary? Like... Oh man! What's that one with the people like in Oregon on the West Coast? That one is nuts. That That's one crazy with oh, the salad bar and the, the the animals in the water contaminating the water supply. And, uh, uh, wild Wild River, yeah, I think. Wild Wild, yeah, something like that. Something like that, where they're all wearing matching robes. Yes, it was crazy. And those, like those A-frame houses and the bunk. Oh, it was crazy. Nuts. I love. I mean, the one I just watched was I watched the one about this woman Gwen doing a religious one and on HBO. She's like getting people to lose. She's like, Jesus wants you to give me $10,000 to lose weight or something like that. It's something crazy. The Halibop one, the guys that thought they were going to be on the Comet, they all oh. wore like the khakis and the, oh, that was so tra- that was just, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I have, a, I have a bit of my act, which people see Wednesday. I'm like, if you're feeling bad about your life or any choices you've made, watch a cult documentary. Because <laughs> I assure you, you've never made a decision that dumb. Like, <laughs> 
I can't get through. I always get halfway through, and I'm like, how dumb? How did you not know? How did you not know? It was so obvious. Yeah, yeah. We're going to jump on a comet that's just behind oh. the halibop. Oh, sounds uh, no, good. Spaceship behind the yeah. Perfect. <laughs> One more time, your uh, your website is grahamelwood.com. Grahamelwood.com. And go to zanies.com for tickets for tomorrow night. So, Graham, it was so great to have you in Thank studio. Thank you for having me. Please, anytime, on the phone, in the studio, whatever you'd like to do, we'd love to check in with you Absolutely. Again. I love you. it. Oh, I love it. So good to see you. <laughs> have a great night, everybody. Devil's Advocates are up next uh, with Mike Crute. Thank you, Lady B. And uh, tomorrow we've got uh, Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky will join us and somebody else. I can't remember who. <laughs> it's terrible. Bye.